it's uh, it's been such a sort of dull few days, Ed, that kind of forgot about the excitement of the FA Cup final, but can mount again now after the massive disappointment of the loss at West Ham. Um, and then the very peculiar activity on Sunday. When did we last record a podcast? Have we talked about West Ham away? Yeah, we uh, we recorded in the immediately after that game. So we did. I tried to wipe it from my memory. <laughs> Unsuccessfully, it would appear. Um, or quite successfully, actually. Uh, how much of Sunday do you remember? Fine. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, a lot of time spent in the pub. Yeah, I mean, we were always planning to meet folks afterwards and, and hang out for a bit, but uh, there was there was a lot more hanging out than was planned. So I don't think I actually asked you about this. What, what happened? Did you get in the ground? No, I got to uh, my gate and just as I got to the turnstiles, they pulled down the shutters and uh, told me to bugger off. So did they say at that point that the match was abandoned? No, okay. they did not. Okay. Um, they, uh, they, a whole bunch of people in like emergency gear came, turned up and uh, sent us, everyone away. Then the loudspeaker came on and said, go to the car park. Um, and uh, I couldn't actually go to the car park because everyone was flowing the other way. Back towards hotel football, I got to hotel football and um, stopped there because I thought well, there's no point walking any further. Uh, peered in and to see what was happening in the uh, Swansea uh, Manchester City game um, and uh, yeah it was just listening to rumours and Twitter and stuff. Um, so when did you find out for sure that the game was called off? Uh, Twitter via via various media outlets on there. Right it was kind of interesting because so I at about 10 to 3 I left the Trinity statue and went into the press room and of course you could still get into the press room um, which I guess was probably like one of the very few entr- entrances that you could have done at that time. So I walk up to the thing and through the little tunnel out and suddenly say, what, where, what, what's happening? Why are there no people on the two sides of the stadium, just completely empty and K stand half full uh, and the South stand, it didn't look like it was for, you can't tell obviously when you're in the middle of it, but um information was really slow in coming out. There were just tunnel announcements saying, please wait in your seats and for further information. About five past three, someone came out to brief the press that there was this suspect package found in the Northwest Quadrant, which is when that news started filtering out wider. Well, not filtering out, but blasting out wider. But we were being told, like, Sky Sports and the Premier League have confirmed that the match is abandoned before uh, we found that out in the press room. So it was like 20 past three by the time I got out of the ground. Um, all in all, it's a good job it wasn't a proper bomb. Well, most certainly, yeah, and because uh, that would have changed the the face of football quite a bit, wouldn't it? Uh, in the end, just proper, proper incompetence. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, there's all these rumours going around. First of all, that an actual device had been found, which obviously it sort of had. Uh, then rumours started coming out that it was some sort of hoax device, and then of course, uh, about nine o'clock, ten o'clock that evening. It was confirmed that what it was was uh, <laughs> just the most ridiculous possible outcome. A kind of a relief, really, that it was something stupid rather than something malicious, because that's a, a much easier thing to deal with. Um, and Yeah. Hey, lads, uh, remember all those bombs we left around OT? You got them all. Ah, oh, yeah, no prob, Gov. Unbelievable. Yeah, that dude, he gave a statement, didn't he, um... Have you watched that statement? I have, yeah. 
Yeah, I think he he felt, to be fair, pretty sick about it. And uh, yeah, and and the, the club. I think the club. You know, I know we like to be critical on occasion on this here show, but uh, I don't think the club have done anything wrong. The stewarding seemed very good at the time. Yeah. Um, there was no panic. Everyone was moved away. It was safety first, as it should have been. Um, sure, there wasn't loads of information coming out, but it came out uh, at the right time. The right bit was get everyone out of yeah. there, um, and and then the, the club have refunded everyone's tickets and. And the people who are able to go tonight went uh, free of charge and, and all in all, um, pretty well handled, I think. If only we handled all sorts of things that well. Yeah, I mean, what you couldn't ask for anything more from the club, really. It's obviously embarrassing for them that it was a kind of security training exercise, but it wasn't an internal United thing. Um, the whole atmosphere around the ground was so calm. You know, it was a few people did say they were really scared when they were waiting inside the ground, not knowing what was going on, um, which is totally understandable. But like, there was just a real absence of panic in terms of the the response from even like police, uh, stewards, the whole the whole works. It it all seemed to go very smoothly, considering what a what a massive shocking kind of departure from the norm that it was. Well, quite, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's one narrative that says, you know, turned up late for two games this season and got another cancelled. There's some level of incompetence going on here. Um, United do seem to have an excuse in in most cases. And, you know, um, a contractor screwing up is a contractor screwing up. Um, Although it doesn't necessarily reflect well on the club, I I suppose there won't be any blowback from FA or other sources because it was so clearly a contractor's fault. Um, yeah, but, you know, uh, pretty embarrassing, I suppose, uh, pretty costly. Um, in the end, I suppose it, it what could have happened was that um, the fact that City played first and United played second could have had an impact on the results needed. Uh, it didn't in the end. I mean, I suppose United knew they needed to win 19-0 against Bournemouth. <laughs> Not much of an advantage, that one. No. Um, the... Of course, this has been talked about a lot, but I think it's worth saying here. I'm sure there's people listening to this show that would have been... Well, I know for sure there's people listening to this show that would have been in that boat. An absolute sickener for people for whom coming to Old Trafford means crossing an ocean. It's once in a lifetime or once every couple of years or whatever, then that is just... That's just like, oh, you just feel so much for people that have come from America or India or Australia or wherever to the game and that's that's uh that's really such an unfortunate turn of events for them everyone else it's kind of just a bit of an inconvenience but for those people that's uh that's such a huge disappointment it is although um our friends who'd come from where was it the isle of man um uh, enjoyed themselves in the pub instead <laughs> yes that's true that's not quite the level of ocean crossing that i had in mind really um but yeah the uh that there was a lot of opportunity to have a good time in Manchester, wasn't there? Yeah, um, not much else to say about uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday, whenever it was, really. Um, I mean, in, in the end, no disaster. Uh, imagine it was real, though. That that yeah. would have been that would have changed football forever. I think um, there's already quite a, a reasonable reasonable amount of security at football, um, more than there used to be in uh, in the olden days anyway, when there really wasn't any and you were happy to bring in knives and flares and whatever you fancied. Not that I brought knives and flares in, you understand. 
You know, it doesn't sound like the sort of thing you'd have done, to be honest. No, no, no. The odd flag shoved down the trouser leg. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, more security. But that would, that would have mean, meant airport-style security at every turnstile and, and having to go to the game an hour beforehand. So, thankfully, just a screw-up. And, and actually, it highlights a thing I didn't know happened at Old Trafford, that they were doing drills for a, a terrorist um, you know, incident and trying to at least trying to get prepared for it. Yeah, and it was very evident that they were prepared for it, and that was the the kind of stewarding response was was evident, wasn't it? Code red was the uh, the word of the day, and um, it was just very well executed. Now, I mean, of course, I, I think it's pretty evident that they've been preparing for it. Especially, it's been increasingly evident since. Uh, the Paris attacks in November, there was yep. a huge uptick in security and people getting their bags searched when they were going in and all that kind of stuff. So um, it is just fantastic to know that it wasn't a failure of security on that level. It was a a kind of just the worst kind of mistake you could make if you're a, a hoax bomb producing <laughs> I mean, the, the tweets have been brilliant. Like, you know, um, my favourite one was someone... Uh, doing inventory at the end of the day counting the bombs back in one two miss a few 9900 nice <laughs> yeah, it's good anyway um yeah so it's good that it turns out to be something ridiculous that we can laugh about uh at the the paris angel on twitter manchester city fan just just tweeted out the news story with blue ketchup written on it i think city fans are a bit worried that their status as the most ridiculous club in Manchester is under serious threat. <laughs> well, quite, yeah. Um, so, yes, no, in the end, um, you know, no disaster. Uh, you know, odd to play the game after the end of the season. Uh, it didn't matter in the end. I mean, certainly contributed to the low attendance at Old Trafford on Tuesday and the very, very flat atmosphere. So, shall we talk about the Bournemouth game? Yeah, great goals in that game. Great, great goal. And dull as any game in United uh, this season. Or in maybe in the, in the history half. of Manchester United, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was definitely one of those ones where you want to staple your eyelids to your forehead. But um, uh, nothing happened at all. It was played at this you know, awful pedestrian pace and um, it didn't feel like United were going to do anything and just didn't care. Uh, and then a moment of magic from Martial, Mata and Rashford to set up Rooney for the opening goal. And it all changed from there. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it, that goal? and, and it, Lovely goal. It's, Lovely goal. It, it just shows how much talent there is in places in the United squad. Um, and that that hasn't been on show often enough by any means. But yeah, they linked up brilliantly. Rashford's awareness to step over that ball. Mature beyond his years, isn't he? You know, the whole game actually showed a ton of awareness. And uh, I mean, in the England squad, or at least in the extended England squad, so he got a very good chance of going to the Euros. Matter not in the Spain squad, probably not a surprise. He's had a middling season, hasn't he? Um, and they've got plenty of talent in midfield. Martial, obviously, in the French squad, he'll probably start. Um, he's uh, got a lot of assists his first sort of half dozen games or so for France. And, and Rooney, uh, obviously, in the England squad, where he plays, though, is an interesting one because um, he was he was very, very good, wasn't he? Uh, admittedly, there was zero pace in the game and Bournemouth really didn't press in midfield. So it's hard to put any real honest judgment on it. But, but for what he had in front of him, 
a very good run the game. Yeah, absolutely. It was the the Rooney show, wasn't it? Um, and that's. Well, did he get a couple of assists and um, a lot of Hollywood balls? Obviously, he likes that kind of thing. But uh, a couple of good three balls as well that create goals. Did he? Did he get the assist for the young goal? He definitely didn't get the immediate assist for Young Rash's goal because he put in the Hollywood ball to Valencia and Valencia headed that's right. it back to yeah. Assist for the young goal and and then uh, a goal himself. Yeah, very very good performance plenty of chances created and as you say like you wouldn't read any significant thing about it other than that if you want to play Rooney in a testimonial he's probably going to do an absolutely bang up job for you well yeah I mean I mean he's certainly got some of the requisite skills except for the kind of physical part and his predilection for Hollywood balls Uh, the worrying thing though is that Young came on up front and scored that's Rashford on the bench at the weekend, isn't it? <laughs> no, don't be silly. Um, I, I was. I'm doing this thing that's coming out tomorrow, which is the uh, that's coming out the day you, this comes out. Hopefully Wednesday. That's a ranking of all the United players in order this season. It's actually incredibly difficult because after you get past the first two. No one has been good all season. No, no, you can't give it away, remember, because we're doing our uh, our rank us awards next week. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I had just written the sentence. I was on I was on Ashley Young's slide, and I'd just written the sentence. He has finished the season without a goal. <laughs> and I looked over at the telly. Oh. Delete that sentence. It took him until the 87th minute of the final game of the season to get his first goal. Yeah, one goal, two assists this season. Yeah, um, I had a, had a, a, a mini debate with a United fan on on Twitter, as I do um, about Ashley Young uh, now and again. I mean, a lot of people still like him um, and and like his work rate, rate and everything. The, the problem with Young is that his output is just abysmal. For an attacking player, there's just nothing comes out of him. Hardly ever scores but, goals. Only got double figures on assists once, and that was back at Villa. Um, and, uh, yeah, just very, very little output. And that's true and inarguable, although if you looked at his output last season, it was all bunched up in the games that he was playing in attack, and he hasn't, apart from the two games he's played at centre-forward, I don't think he's played a game on the wing all season. He's played, He played at right-back and left-back almost every game he played before he got injured. Um, so he's he's just hardly featured as an attacking player this season. Uh, but even when he did feature, you're absolutely right about his output. But I like him, and I, I think he he adds something to a squad. Um, although it's not goals or assists, is it? Um, so he scored. Rashford scored. What a lovely goal! What a lovely player! What a glorious future. Yes, uh, only to be ruined by England this summer. No, he's not going to... You said he's got a good chance of going to the Euros, but, I mean, I don't think he'll even play in the friendlies. Maybe he'll get 10 minutes at the end of a game or something. Um, but the the talk is he's just going for training. Well, there was the talk before the, the squad was announced, but there's only five strikers in there, and one of those is Rooney. Mm. And uh, And so... And there is not a single argument at all ever to play Rooney ahead of Vardy and Kane this season, clearly, um, other than he's England's top goal scorer, so you can look backwards, I suppose. Um, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of strike power in there. And and so I would think in a squad of twenty three you would want to take five strikers. And so that would make a lot of sense. And especially since he since he could probably play in any uh, any of the forward positions. Uh, and England are very overstocked in midfield. 
Um, and that's probably because they'll play this sort of diamond system. But for me, it makes a lot of sense now to take him, just given the balance of the 26 there, and dump probably drink water and one of the fullbacks and one other. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would take drink water, actually. But anyway, that's let's not debate the England squad. Uh, that's not our remit, is it, Ed? We it can talk about isn't. that when we do Europods, and then no one could complain about us talking about international football. Lorancast. Lorancast. Um, yeah, so uh, it turned into a, quite a fun performance from United. Three goals, again, for the whatever time it is this season. It's 0-0, 1-0, That's This season's been all about. Um, very... very a very weird league season draws to a close. Uh, and then Van Gaal came out to give his speech and was roundly booed until he said, you are the best fans. And then everyone clapped for ages. Yeah, we had a little chat at the weekend about um, uh, Old Trafford's uh, non-predilection for booing anyone. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's very true. You know, the, the atmosphere you get on, on social media reflects absolutely none of the atmosphere in the stadium. Um, so, and, and that's been the case for, you know, 30 years, 35 years, whatever it is I've been going to football. Um, and, um, and it's true. There was a, there was a booing and then a sense of guilt immediately washed over the three people that were left in Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting, the dynamic, and you could see that Van Gaal looked a bit shaken, I think, by the booing. Because he sort of said, thank you for your unconditional support, which is kind of ironically just been booed. Yeah. But but like you say, that sense of guilt happens almost instantly. And, 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 you know, ultimately, the people on social media saying, yeah, the problem with United is that the fans don't turn on the manager quickly enough. It's just... That's a very upsetting thought, really. Because uh, being civilised and supportive doesn't seem to be uh something you should generally get on people's backs for um but it does create this this issue whereby it seems like some people inside the club maybe just van gaal think that van gaal's popular with the fans because woodward's always talked about how they monitor social media and all that kind of stuff so you know obviously he knows how hated van gaal is and we wonder now whether this whether we'll start to hear pretty quickly whether Van Gaal's going to be replaced. Um, at Mango Carrot asking, uh, how quickly after the FA Cup final should we start to worry if Van Gaal hasn't been sacked? Yeah, by about eight o'clock. Just so strange, the stories this week. I mean, just the the obvious briefing um, by mainly Fergie's people on, on the Louis Van Gaal side. He's uh, fully in Camp Louis now. Um, and obviously Jorge Mendes on the other side. So, uh, yeah, De Gea will stay if, if uh, Van Gaal goes. De Gea will stay if Ibrahimovic comes. Ibrahimovic come, will come if Van Gaal goes. Uh, were all stories in the last couple of days. Um, and then we had, uh, we, we had uh, Bevan coming out, League Managers Association, supporting Louis this time, obviously in Camp Fergie, that one. Um, yeah, we're going to get a little bit more of this spin, I think. Uh, before a decision is finally made or communicated. I seriously think if it isn't done by Wednesday after the FA Cup final, then that's when I would start to be... I I would already have been worried by then, but once he gets to Wednesday of that week, then I can't see anything much changing after that. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe even the Monday afterwards, Um, but... Well, there won't be any negotiation if there is the clause in his contract the same as... 
uh, David Moyes United uh, finished fifth. Uh, woohoo! Yeah, progress. And um, uh, and and so presumably they can fire him with a, a set amount of compensation. Yeah, and even if they couldn't, it's only a year's salary, isn't it? Which is a lot of money, but they can afford to chuck away three million quid on accidentally leaving a bomb in a toilet. So, you know, they've they've got money. Um, I mean, we're. It seems a bit silly to speculate when there's only a week and a half or so before we'll know for sure. A week, really. Um, so, but let's speculate. Uh, he's staying or he's going? He's staying. We were talking about this on Sunday and I was, that's where I came down on it too. But in the last couple of days, I think he's going. That's, I, I think, I think the club must know how deeply the dissatisfaction among the supporters runs and that that is actually quite a big influence on them because that is the club's customers and demand is not inelastic. Well, it's about 19% of the club's customers uh, in match day revenue. Uh, and, and and look, no, no, it's reflected glory is what um, mm. all the sponsors want. I'm not want. talking so, about yeah, match-going fans. It, it's not um, a good look to have a half-empty stadium. But I'm not just talking about match-going fans. I'm talking about the whole broader United community, match-going fans, away fans, every strata of United society wants Van Gaal out. There's, you know, I'm, I can't, we've talked about these numbers before, but if you did a straw poll of every single person with any positive affection towards Manchester United in the whole world, you would, Surely, you... six hundred fifty-nine million followers, isn't that exactly? Cool? Yeah, I'm sure you'd get eighty-five percent Van Gaal out out of that every strata of United uh, support or whatever you class it as. Everyone wants Van Gaal gone. From Usain Bolt to Ant Crawler. Now that that would be a good way to get rid of him, wouldn't it? What just send Ant Crawler? Ant Crawler. <laughs> I mean, I, I was bemoaning the fact that the uh, Manchester Education Committee doesn't seem to exist anymore. The Men in Black, they could uh, they could pay Louis a visit and encourage him to uh, retire to Portugal. No, no, in- <laughs> no, Ed. Paramilitary operation is not the answer. Yeah, someone did suggest to me that we should crowdfund a, a hit. I, I was definitely against that one. Yeah, OK. Um, yeah, I, I, I would love him to go with some dignity. That's the thing. Yeah. Because I have, I don't hate Van Gaal. I, it's very unfortunate what's happened, and he is a hard man to love when he digs his heels in and gets super obstinate, and you know all those things that we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, but I still want him. He's a you know just a sixty four year old man. I want him to leave with some dignity. Well, yeah, um, absolutely, and uh, we'll see. We'll see whether that happens or, or not. Um, certainly the fact that the club have made no communications in support of Van Gaal would, would support the position that he's going um, because it would have been quite easy to say uh, he's staying for another year. Um, so I, ge- I guess they've kept their options open. Uh, it doesn't half seem like uh, the club have told uh, Van Gaal, whose people keep insisting he's staying, um, and Mourinho that they've both got the job. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> That'd be incredible if that's really what they've done. If if the level of cowardice is that high, um, we'll see. Would you would you be surprised with Woodward? I almost would be because the thing about Woodward is he's always sort of seemed like he might be quite a just a decent bloke in a situation where he's way over his head, and 
that that is a very not a decent thing to do at all, is it? Mind you, the mice thing wasn't exactly handled decently, was it? No, they let him know via the the medium of text message or whatever it was. Or well, they told through the press. The press yeah. yeah. So um, no, I, I I don't think being decent and being incompetent um, uh, means that you you behave well, right? I think no, I think true, actually, actually your level of incompetence makes you a coward. Um, and uh, I've seen this managerial trait many, many times, and uh, I, I suspect that's where Woodward's coming from. Absolutely. I think that's a, a bang-on analysis, actually. Um, right. Should we do some uh, some questions before we talk a bit about the final? Let's do it. At MUFC, Colin says, who, are, who at United do you think is best at Rocket League? That's, a, that's kind of a good question. I think it's got to be it's got to be one of the youngsters. Actually, do you know who it is? It's got to be Luke Shaw because he's had, had such a lot of time on his hands this year. In the year of Rocket League, he's the one that's had the most time. So yeah, that's who I'm going with. He has, although he's trying to try and get himself fit, isn't he? Yeah, and he's going to be. He, he's sadly not going to make the end of this season. Um, Van Gaal said something interesting. He said, "Like I've always been saying that he could maybe make it for the final, but that was just motivation." <laughs> I know. Now we're in the final. I can't say that anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was lying, by the way, all that time. But, you know, for good. Um, at Nye Beverage says, I'm watching the match in a dinting boozer just outside of Gossip. Where's the oddest place you've watched the Reds? Various airports, uh, hotels around the world. Uh, the weirdest place I've ever listened to the Reds was I listened to the FA Cup final we lost to Everton in... Uh, in the bush in Zimbabwe. That was probably the weirdest place. Although it wasn't really weird. It was just, that's where I was at the time. <laughs> if we win the FA Cup and the club announced that LVG will stay on for the third term, what will be your reaction, says at PLK says? No. I mean, I'll definitely be genuinely gutted because I can't imagine in the three months before football starts again, thinking of anything new to say about this. <laughs> this is like, as well as the fact that United will be rubbish. Also, like, got to just talk about it more. Mm. And I'm, I have nothing left to say about Van Gaal. I tell you what this season has done. I'm actually quite looking forward to the Euros. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. This is this is what's been happening to people that have liked international football all these years. And the other thing that that is, is really weird and upside down England might be quite good to watch. Yeah, that's true. Although, for sure, France will be good to watch. They kind will. of a bit more normal. but French Renaissance, yeah. Uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Euros later, yeah. Oh, God. It's just going to be an awful summer if he's still here come Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Level 2 Rogue says, Assuming we get Jose for two to three years, who do you hope to bring in afterwards to mop up the blood and save us from relegation? Yeah, no idea. Um, maybe Angelotti will have had enough of uh, Bayern by the time Jose gets sacked in sort of February or March of 2020. Yeah, it's coming. Right, gigs swooping back in. Sweeping up. At Tom underscore McGee says, uh, what's your favourite Beatles album? Uh, my favourite Beatles album is probably Abbey Road, but it's close. I like I like every Beatles album from start to finish, pretty much after Rubber Soul onwards. They're, they're all good, barely a, barely a dud on any of them. I mean, there's some weird stuff on the White Album, obviously. And I said Abbey Road, but Maxwell Silverhammer is a terrible song. Very good, yeah. Have, 
ever listened to the Beatles? I, I don't listen to them a lot. I've listened to all of their stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. If this season were a fruit, asks at Etna underscore UK, which fruit would it be? Uh, pear. Pear. Because they're ripe for five minutes and they're mush. You're right, it's gone pear-shaped, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's true. Banana, because there's been a lot of slip-ups. Uh, definitely... A kumquat. <laughs> definitely not a peach. That's What's that sure. rotting... Oh, uh... That, that, um, that one you get in Southeast Asia yeah, that smells like... Yeah, it's... That one. Just, just causing Tom to have to beep stuff for no reason whatsoever now. Um, at BradBrad88 says, Will we ever have a United manager who talks as passionately about United as Paul does about toast? Listen, toast is serious business, okay? It's not so much just toast. It's it's how bad that toast was. Like, it, <laughs> it wasn't just like an okay, not great piece of toast. It's like the worst piece of toast that anyone's ever made. <laughs> and they looked happy about it. I know, I know. But um, but have you seen Mavis's facial hair at the moment? Is it bad? What? It's bad. It's bad. You can tell how little. Do you think it's part of the X Men tie-in? Is that what's going on? Is it? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, yeah. More, more kids painted blue. Talking of which, at Iliel says, how appropriately embarrassing an end to the season is this last bit of corporate pimping? What's amazing to me about this is this was a rerun. I saw those kids before all the craziness happened. A couple of hours before the game, I was in the press box because I went in before I went out and back in again. Those kids were there, all painted up, all ready to go. So uh, that there's obviously something in that contract that said, if for some reason a massive corporate disaster happens, we still get the X-Men kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised some of the United players haven't been tweeting about it. Maybe that's coming. Yeah, no doubt. Um, or maybe the backlash to the Revenant thing was so extreme. <laughs> Everyone, they've gone, oh, we'd probably better try a different strategy here. Um, at... Nabalism, but with a K, says, uh, does Pereira have an attitude problem or something? Seems like he'd have been useful this season. Well, you'd, you'd think so, but I don't think he has an attitude problem. I think he's a, a you know slightly flighty, creative mm-hmm. youngster. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous writing, writing the thing about the season and looking. Pereira's had 80 minutes of league football, but like in a season which has been relentlessly desperate for someone to add a spark of invention but he's not a senior creative player is he uh, clearly not uh, at i am will 182 says what's more likely to happen valencia using his left foot or the red mancunian boys doing a podcast mm, the latter do you think has anyone well <laughs> yes uh what's more likely leicester winning the premier league or the red mancunian <laughs> boys doing another podcast clearly the leicester proved that they're the Red Man Kenyan podcast happening must be more than a 5,000 to one shot. The only per- player I've ever seen who's more one-footed than Valencia is uh, Jesus Navas, oh. who is seriously one-footed. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, at A Place to Hide says, to Zlatan or not to Zlatan? We had a little debate about this, didn't we? We did. Um, yeah, since you totally misread my tweet about it, deliberately so, and tried to cause mm. an argument. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I called it short, short-termist and about marketing, which it, which it would be. Um, uh, you know, he's a, obviously an, a, an amazing player, and that we're short of that kind of spark and a player to get you on your feet at the moment. And um, he scored 38 goals this season, so uh, and he wouldn't cost a 
penny aside from the 25 million pounds a year that he wants um uh, and i presume a mega signing on bonus so you know in all of that in the tick column in the in the minus column you, you know what he's like right mega ego um and uh he's getting old i don't think he'll score even half the 38 in england is my sense given the the style of play in the premier league um and it means rashford on the bench those are the things in the minus column yeah and i i'm i'm not sure i totally agree with that latter one because i think a front three of rashford martial and zlatan could be extremely effective obviously not if louis in charge but everything good is predicated on the idea that Louis isn't in charge, isn't it? Yeah, and the the other thing, the uh, the the fact that they're they're apparently mulling an MLS move, move should tell you pretty much everything about Zlatan. This is about what the largest pay packet is. This is not some desire to come to United. Although I'm, I suspect he would probably uh, be happy if he can delay going to MLS for a year to play at United. Not. F- and nothing to do with money, just on the kind of professional scale. Um, uh, the the thing about Rashford also is, I mean, I've thought about this quite a lot, and not signing a senior striker means that we're kind of assuming that Rashford's going to do what Martial's done this season and play every season, uh, play every game, basically. And that, that would seem like such a massive ask and, and such a kind of recipe for burnout. No, and... and- I think, and you know, in in a way, asking an eighteen-year-old and twenty-year-old carry United seasons just totally foolhardy. Um, the question is, what is the balance? I mean, when when I said this uh, last week, actually, and and there was a question that asked, uh, you know, who do we buy? And I said the striker. You were like, oh no, I don't think so. We got Rashford and Martial. So um, you know, it's uh, do do we believe that those two could carry the the team for the whole season? Um, that's one question. And just how much? less time would they get because it's not like Ibrahimovic is not going to want to play every game right of course he is mm, yeah absolutely and Rooney so Rooney Martial Rashford and Ibra are not all playing in the same side another season of Rooney playing every game that's that is an absolute in midfield massive dread I mean I suppose that's a little bit better but we, we, is it what he's a top midfielder is he no no I said a little bit better not like brilliant it's so distressing and what we need so badly is a manager who can actually manage Rooney because he's clearly an asset. It, to just kind of decry Rooney as a as a totally spent force is to waste, like, is to look past his obvious qualities. But his obvious qualities are so far and away enhanced by uh, occasional use. You know, the right balance of games, the kind of, like, the way Fergie treated gigs in to a lesser extent skulls in the later years you know yeah um i guess so i'm not sure that's worth 300 grand a week <laughs> that's a entirely different debate uh, yeah because you've got to get someone else to pay him 300 grand a week if you try and get rid of him haven't you i, I could i could see rooney in china not not you're taking it really old school you just went fully 1992 there, Ed. <laughs> Those are the peak of my powers. <laughs> On the wane ever since then. It's Ed's world. It's, a, it's appropriate, though, for it's Wayne's world. It's Wayne's world. Anyway, uh, at Keith K underscore says, is there a real risk that Dave will dump Ander on the back of that? Uh, he tweeted this just after Ander Herrera fell over, uh, thus denying David De Gea the golden glove. 
very, a very unfortunate and shambolic and beautifully metaphorically apt uh, end to our season. Yeah, although it does say something that we're even worrying about the Golden Glove. Oh yeah, I mean, I think the only person worrying about it really was David De Gea and Louis van Gaal. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, David De Gea has won one of our trophies this season. The player of the season trophy. Yes. And he only would have got one of the Golden Gloves. Petr Cech would have had the other one. So Petr Cech gets to keep them both. So they got the finishing above Tottenham trophy and the Golden Gloves. What a season it's been. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird that Tottenham completely collapsed, but they've clearly had the better season. You know, they, you know, in the last three weeks, they've, uh, they've wasted it. And Arsenal have only come alive when the league was gone. You know, it shows how you know cowardly their players are, honestly. And uh, I mean, if I was, there's talk that the Arsenal board will give him a new contract. I'd fire him in a heartbeat. You know, it, it's a decade since they've they've actually managed to put a real challenge in for the Premier League. That's not good enough. I think this is the, the highest they finished in all of that time as well. Yeah, and they weren't in touch since like November. Nothing has ever been more well since more recently than that. But since like yeah, since March for sure. But the, nothing has ever been more obvious than that Tottenham's season was better than Arsenal's season. The, 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 the idea that the league table doesn't lie, this is such a perfect encapsulation of why the league table might not lie, but it, it certainly gives you misleading information because, as you say, Arsenal's season, only they only put a run of form together when it really could not have mattered less. And Spurs' collapse had nothing to do with that. I've seen people kind of saying, oh, well, you know, Pochettino's teams always have a difficult end to the season. But apart from the West Bromwich game, they've done nothing wrong, Spurs. They Once the league had gone, they were terribly disappointed and got all their players sent off. And that's all very unfortunate. But it couldn't be less relevant, really, in the long term, I wouldn't have thought. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I expect them to put in a, a strong challenge next season. Um, mind you, you say the league doesn't lie. I looked at the league and it said Leicester had won the title by 10 points. Amazing. But that actually isn't a lie, is it? Like, that, they were just the best team in the division by a miles. 10 points clear. Not many occasions on which Fergie's team won by 10 points either. No, it's a, it's a really remarkable achievement. I mean, it's also a remarkable failure of the rest of the league. Um, and, and it's kind of I wonder whether a little bit the fact that it was like plucky little Leicester meant that they got a kind of an easy ride in a few games towards the end of the season I mean once it was done and dusted they picked up a few more points that other teams might not have done once they were hung over you know um, because because other teams didn't really particularly feel like spoiling their party and the fixtures came nice they didn't play teams that were playing for anything or anything all right well that's a league campaign done there's a there's an FA Cup to come. I mean, it's so exciting! It's the FA Cup fun. I wish it wasn't coming on the back of all this Van Gaal related misery because taken just in pure isolation, could it be more excited about the fact that United might win the FA Cup? It's been so long. Oh, so long, so long. It's absolutely criminal that it's been this long. Um, United have a chance to equal Arsenal's record twelfth FA Cup. That's the real quiz. Uh, that yeah. Um, the, th- the thing is, you know, the the big pitch at Wembley is not actually that big. Um, everyone just thinks it is because that's the cliche. Uh, that's going to really suit United's expansive football, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I guess you, <laughs> I guess you don't mean that seriously, but I actually it really will suit United because they'll have they they have space to pass the ball around in, which is what they 
desperately need because when teams try and dis- deny them space and defend deep and narrow, that's when it starts to be really difficult. It's 72 yards wide, which is about the same as Old Trafford um, or, or whatever it is. Uh, yep, so, yes, I, I guess so. Um, I, I can't imagine that Palace are going to give United an easy game here. They had a... Yeah, their form fell off a cliff, didn't it, after Christmas? But they've they've actually won a few games recently. You know, pulled it back together, um, and have looked decent in games. Some games, not the weekend. No, but that one that one was like the game when they played against us before the FA Cup semi final, when they just basically gave us a bye because they they didn't really care about that game. They were safe by then. I think the point at which they slightly turned their form around was when there was an actual danger that they might be dragged into the relegation battle, but they fully swerved that and got themselves to an FA Cup final, which is a brilliant achievement, really. Yeah, so who plays in the FA Cup final then? Uh, is Fellaini straight back into the team alongside Rooney in central midfield? Wow, uh, that's a really good question. And if so, does he drop Lingard or Mata? I mean, Mata's in pretty decent nick, actually, having had a very kind of dull period. But- no, Mata plays. He came off uh, against Bournemouth. That was clearly a, a case of giving him a breather because the other two to come off were Rashford and Martial. So Matt is definitely going to play. So Flaney comes back in and he comes in for Lingard. I don't really mind that. That's, I don't, that isn't like a, that isn't going to get me screaming blue murder about the starting lineup. No, because no, Lingard's, Lingard's numbers are, are, are abysmal, right? He contributes. Ashley Young-esque. Ashley Young-esque, worse than Ashley Young. Um, but it would presumably mean that Rooney moves to number 10, uh, his numbers aren't that much better either, but better. And and uh, um, one matter, uh, hugging the touchline. I mean, I, I, I think it's a little, probably a little reductive to say that Rooney moves to number 10 because I think he will play left number 10. I think Van Gaal has switched to this two attacking midfielder, one holding midfielder model. I guess the holding midfielder would be Carrick and he will... And Fellaini and not against Bournemouth, he didn't. Rooney was was uh, as deep as Carrick most of the game. Guess so, but I wonder whether that's that's about instruction or just Rooney seeing where he can no. pick up space and sitting there. Well, maybe he, he played as a register, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> the much maligned Michael Carrick role. Um, Michael Carrick shot against. Oh, it's such a shame that didn't go in because it's probably got a, memories of Roma um, there. Somebody tweeting that that was. Uh, that was clearly proof that this that Michael Carrick was off because if he was going to stay another season, he would have just knocked sideways past there. Um, true, true. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's clearly going to get dropped next weekend as a result, though, isn't he? Shooting. I mean, so I think it will be... Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised that apart from Fellaini for Lingard, it was the exact team that started uh, this game. Rocco fit? Uh, even if he is, is Van Gaal stupid enough to yes. drop? I mean, obviously, yes, clearly. Yes, actually, I, I think he is. And I think there's a very good chance that Rocco will play because uh, I think we've exploded the myth that Van Gaal is some kind of proponent of youth for the sake of it. When, when he got the opportunity to play the older generation again when they were fit, he did straight yeah, away. Yeah, and, and, but the, I mean, he also does a lot of performance analysis and surely he's going to look at Rojo's performance and cbj's performance and go oh we should play this small child with the good crossing instead of this slightly older argentinian man with the brain of a child mm. and we'll see i mean, I, I certainly wouldn't bet against you here i think carrick will definitely play over schneiderlin because that seems very evidently van Gaal's go-to um rooney's in obviously and then i i think you're 
I think Fellaini over Lingard, Mata on the right, Martial on the left, Rashford up top. Something like that. Now, what are the odds that Van Gaal complains about having two less days preparation time? Uh, I think that probably... Do you know what? I think he might not actually because of what caused the two days less preparation time. Unless we lose... I don't think this is going to be one he brings up before the match. I think he might say, he might mention it, but he might even be asked about it and sort of say, oh, well, under these circumstances, you can't really complain, etc. But he played his full side, so um, I I guess he could have played all the kids if he had wanted. What difference would it have made except for £400,000 or whatever it is for a point? But wouldn't finishing finishing sixth have meant uh, starting in the Europa League earlier. Yes, it would have meant uh, starting in the third qualifying round if United don't win the FA Cup. Right, OK. FA Cup is directly into the group. But we've got that locked up. We don't have to worry about that. They can't take that away from us. No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, of all the disasters of being in the Europa League, starting the season in July would uh, be up there with the real problems, wouldn't it? Well, it, it would have been two days after United's game in Manchester City in Beijing uh, and three days before the Wayne Rooney testimonial fantastic um but that's not happening which is good uh, oh what the testimonial oh, no. are we selling him do you have insider information no, that's not what i mean i meant the you, you uh, are you going to the testimonial uh, to pay homage to rooney i legitimately would definitely consider it i i don't know how anyone could really argue that he hasn't earned a testimonial apart from you could say oh well the transfer requests etc but in the end he stayed at the club scored tons of goals, was vital in one of our best teams ever. You know, all that malarkey. He's still a bit fat and a scouser, though. No, I don't, neither of those things bother me. The only thing that bothers me about Wayne Rooney is the way he's treated by Moyes and Mangal. Those, those are the things that have bothered me about Rooney, really. And that, that second transfer request was a bit of a kick in the teeth after he'd been so public about apologising about the second, about the first one. Anyway, let's, let's dump Rooney talk. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Um, Palace, uh, what, what do you make of them? Uh, such a weird season, really. You know, great start to the season uh, and then just form fell off a cliff. Looked like they might end up sacking Pardew. Now the Pardiola's back and, and they're coming into the cup final in half decent form. Yeah, I mean, Pardew said after the semi-final that he's hardly had his best team available. And that's a bit Van Gaal, isn't it, as a thing to say. But he does kind of have a point that they don't have a fantastic squad, but they have got a kind of more than half decent first team there. They've got players who on form can do tons of damage. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But they're all a little flaky. Yeah, Punch and Balassi, Zaha, all flaky. They, they could do with a decent striker. Uh, yeah. Uh, which they don't no, have. Absolutely. Uh, but they've definitely got plenty of goal threat and we are so spectacularly incompetent at times that you know when we played Everton Everton have had an absolutely atrocious end to the season they've been one of the worst teams in the division for the second half of the league um and we made them look pretty good for long stretches of that game okay so FA Cup semi-final their fans were really loud and they probably were super up for it and maybe not playing to Martinez's instructions or whatever and looked a bit better than they have generally but we did make them look good and and there is a slight worry that we could definitely we definitely have it in us to make Palace look good don't we uh, certainly yeah I, I I don't expect this to be a super open expansive game why would it be I mean look we saw that in the second half against Bournemouth 
but that's the exception to the rule, which is what we saw in the first half against Bournemouth. I'd be really surprised if this is a classic cup final uh, a la the first game in 1990. But you just said, I guess, uh, before the Everton game that you'd be really surprised if that was an open, expansive end-to-end game too, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, true, true. Um, it's just we've got two years of evidence of what really happened under Louis van Gaal. Yeah, but you wonder how much this is... The the whole FA Cup run is sort of... Ever since Sheffield United and apart from that game, the whole FA Cup run is sort of of, um, testament to the players taking matters into their own hands. We had Lingard and Rooney saying they'd been given more freedom after Derby and then being told that this was not true. Uh, Shrewsbury doesn't really count, but... They sort of, they definitely went for that game in a way they haven't gone for a lot of games when it looks like they're following Van Gaal's instructions. I wonder if they were all just sort of a bit, they'll be a bit demob happy and just play their own way a little bit rather than following Van Gaal's instructions to the letter. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, it will be leaked out that he's going and uh, they'll be liberated. <laughs> The the story that was doing the rounds about David De Gea that De Gea is going to go if Van Gaal stays because he hates him so much. Straight out of Camp Mendes. Absolutely amazing. J. Mendes at Mendes dot com. <laughs> Hopefully, the FA Cup won't make any difference to uh, anyone's future because we can celebrate uh, the victory. Um, the important question ahead of an FA Cup final, of course, is if we do win the game, which one of our players will be first to put the lid of the trophy on their head? Fellaini. Ah, that's a very good shout. That is a very good shout. Um, Lingard, if he's on the pitch by that point, he's he's got... Well, he'll he'll certainly be up to some stupid antics live on Periscope or Instagram. Whatever young kids do today. What are you telling? Are you telling me Ed that Roy Keane would never have let that happen? Is that what you're saying? No way. No way. <laughs> he might have pressed a phonograph at some point, but yeah, no, this yeah. instant nonsense. Um, absolutely. Um, so, uh, all sorts of threats from Palace. Vulnerabilities too, though. They've conceded a pretty decent number of goals, and you know, one thing that United have shown is over a short run. They can put together good performances. This side is just that you you have no way of knowing when that's coming and when it isn't. Yeah, does this count as an away game or a home game? Uh, I think we might have the away dressing room. That could be disastrous. Oh, <laughs> I think we might have had the home end for the uh, the semi final. Semi final. I could be wrong about that though. Um, I don't know. What What's your gut tell you, Ed? What does your gut instinct tell you about this one? My gut tells me that we should be good enough to beat Palace. I mean, it's Palace, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, not. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be super open. Um, but if United uh, get the ball into Martial and Rashford enough, there's enough there. So a sort of 2-0 win is, is kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen. I think it will be more open than you're expecting it to. I think the occasion will sweep the players up a little bit and I think that that's good in terms of what kind of game it'll be but but maybe even a little bit bad for us because I think we've got to be really careful with Balassi and Zaha we're definitely vulnerable down the flanks you know Valencia seems to be in pretty decent nick but um, the left back question especially if Rocco plays that could be 
that could be really disastrous. It really could be, yeah. Uh, Valencia, since you mentioned him, pulled a Berbatov, plucked the ball out of the sky with the softest of soft touches and then uh, cut back onto his left and played it back down the wing. He's a funny old player, isn't he? I, I was looking at pass completion statistics for work, not just for fun. And if you look at, if you sort United squad by pass completion ratio, the bottom sort of chunk of it is just all fullbacks, like the worst pass completion rates in the squad. And that's not a criticism of fullback. It's the nature of the position. You're likely to put in crosses and long balls up the channel. That's part of the job. The one exception to that rule, of course, is Antonio Valencia, who I believe has the third best pass completion percentage in the whole squad. Not And you don't read this for fun. I do. <laughs> Take him to the loo with me. Not for Antonio Valencia, the speculative ball into the channel. The cross aimed at a striker who may and may not be there, not in his locker. A little careful recycling of possession is what he's all about. Do you think he practices that? Do you think they get him out and, you know, they do the uh, the crossing drill with the keeper before the game? Yeah. Yeah, you know, out to, out to Antonio, check back. Played back down the touchline, but he's been—he has been surprisingly good since he's come back from injury. I, I've—I've I've thought it's like a, a little decent period of form for Valencia. There was an assist for Rashford um, against Villa, and then there was another assist for Rashford against Bournemouth. Wait a minute, there's a pattern developing in terms of both the player he's providing for and the quality of opposition we're up against. Very good. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a good day for United. I—I I have a—I have a, a feeling. That we're going to win. Um, and nice. So you're going, going for 2-0 two two nil. Nil and uh, a new contract for Louis afterwards. <laughs> Even when we win, Louis lose, is what you're saying. Um, I'm going to go for 2-1 and Van Gaal to be sacked. Joy. Oh, my God. Imagine if they keep him, Ed. <laughs> just, just don't. <laughs> that would be the perfect Saturday, wouldn't it? Win and yeah. announce that he's going. Yeah, I mean, I'll take I'll take winning on Saturday and announcing that he's going on Sunday or Monday. That's fine by me. If they want to have Sunday off, that's no problem. Just don't let me get to a week today. Don't let us all get to next Wednesday uh, without knowing that Louis van Gaal's gone. Okay, it's almost been a positive pod this week. Yes, we didn't get blown up. No, that's good, isn't it? That's. I mean, it's it's a bo- I mean, it'd been kind of annoying. Definitely. So it's a bonus. Yeah, didn't yeah. get blown up. Didn't even nearly get blown up. No, no. Just, just somebody being bad at their job. That's all that happened. So, saw some decent goals. Didn't really expect to to make fourth, so I'm not counting that as a as a depressing thing. It gone against West Ham. Yeah. Uh, saw some decent goals against Bournemouth. Yep. Decent performance in the second half. Yeah. Albeit testimonial. Have a good feeling about the cup final. Come on. Yeah, it's good. Get it's good. In. And then Louis is going to get a new five-year contract. No, 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 no. Boo, boo. I was all doing the yes chant before that, but now I'm fully doing no, no, no. We can't let that happen. All right. Well, um, this will hopefully be up on uh, Wednesday or Thursday morning. You'll get time to listen to it before the cup final. Um, have a great day, everybody. And uh, thanks for listening during the season, which has been mostly really depressing. We're going to be back after the cup final with a review of the, the final and our, our traditional end of season show with rant ratings and awards and uh, highs and lows and goals and all of that. 
absolutely um thank you for listening you can get us on twitter and facebook and every social media platform that exists are you on snapchat yet Ed? no should i really um i honestly i just thought it was for sending dick pics my thing with snapchat is i decided that was going to be the cutoff for me i was going to just leave that to the young people that's it now I'm, I'm out of new social media platforms instagram will be the most modern platform i'm ever engaged with i'm not necessarily saying that is definitely going to stick, but yeah, we're staying Snapchat free here. Uh, but eventually, you know, it'll be the only thing. Kids will only be listening to podcasts on Snapchat and we'll have to get involved. I, I might not know how Snapchat works. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it, yeah. Can, can you play a whole podcast on Snapchat? I, I literally no idea. I'm going to guess no. But I would say between us being super excited about the FA Cup final and not knowing really what Snapchat is, you can definitely age us appropriately. <laughs> yeah, very good. I have no idea if kids uh, listen to podcasts. Uh, they don't use Twitter. I've seen the data. Um, so uh, if you're not a kid and you'd like to get us on Twitter, I'm at United Rant. Paul is at UTD Rantcast. Uh, nobody uses Google Plus. That's Google plus forward slash united rant uh only old people use facebook facebook.com forward slash united rant uh pinterest i occasionally put stuff on there my uh weird techie auto posting thing started going weird and techie so i've given up on that one a little bit uh but uh yeah yeah twitter is the place to find us uh, along with not that many other people and mostly old people if you're into that kind of data Thanks, Ed. Um, we'll see. Pleasure. We'll see you after the FA Cup final. Come on, you Reds!